The Church of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, welcomes you to join Pastor Greg Scalzo for today's broadcast of Shi'ar Jeshub. Pastor Greg is in 1 Kings chapter 4 in a sermon on the wisdom of Solomon, part of his teaching series on heavenly authority. When we left off, Pastor had read how God gave Solomon wisdom that excelled the wisdom of all the men of the East and of Egypt. Here now is Pastor Greg. I was in college a classics minor. When you had at NYU, if you had a science background, I was a chemistry major, uh, they wanted everyone to be well-rounded. So you could not take a science or a math uh, curriculum as your minor. So you had to take one of the more liberal arts programs. So I was a classics minor, and I saw professors, smart men, who were so taken with the wisdom of all these ancient pagan civilizations, the Romans, the Greeks, the Egyptians, the Persians. But here the wisdom of God is right before them, and they run after the wisdom of the East and the wisdom of the Egyptians. We are saved only by the wisdom of God in Christ Jesus. It's foolishness to man. It is the wisdom of God. We live only by the wisdom of God in his holy word, his word of truth. And actually, I believe that Solomon's example here, all the people from these different kingdoms coming to see him, from Egypt, from Sheba, from the Euphrates, from Babylon, because they're so impressed with him, I believe that inspired a lot of the forgeries, the non-spiritual wisdom writings that came up in abundance after Solomon, which all those professors love to look at and, and read. They're really trying to copy the wisdom that God gave to Solomon. Verse 31 of chapter 4 of 1 Kings, For he was wiser than all men, than Ethan the Ezraite, and Heman, and Calcol, and Dada, the sons of Mahol, and his fame was in all the surrounding nations. So all the those accepted by the people as wise, in this day renowned sages, he was wiser, and his fame spreads all the surrounding nations. Now you may want to know who these men are, uh, these sons of Mahol. Mahol means dance. So rather than being their actual father, uh, this could mean sons of dance or men whose role in religious wisdom was involved somehow with music. Uh, there are those who would say that they're the sons being called Ezraites of Judah's son Zerah because in 1 Chronicles chapter 2, verse 6, it gives a name, a listing of names that sound very similar to these. The problem, of course, in the Hebrew society, just like today in many traditional families, names are repeated over and over again. Kids are named after grandparents, and you'll see a repeating of the names in the chronologies. So it's hard to know exactly who these men are. Ethan the Ezraite is associated with Psalm 89. Psalm 89 says, a contemplation of Ethan the Ezraite, and it speaks about David. So we would expect Ethan then to be a contemporary of David. The psalm before it, Psalm 88, 
uh, is a psalm of the sons of Korah, a contemplation of Heman, the Ezraite. So they're both mentioned in Psalm 88 and 89. And in 1 Chronicles, if you remember, we studied 1 Chronicles 15 when we were looking at genealogies. In verse 19, we read how David appointed Levitical singers, remember Sons of the Dance, to minister before the Lord. And you have the name of some of the prominent ones, verse 19 of 1 Chronicles 15. The singers were Heman, and we studied Heman, right? He's the grandson of Samuel, right? Who is the descendant of Korah. Remember the sons of Korah? You read about them in the Psalms, okay? Again, you have Asaph, and you have the name Ethan, what the sound symbols of bronze. So it's very possible, very likely, the wise men of David, his father's times, were these Levitical singers whom God inspired to write beautiful songs and who gave contemplations and insight. And the people now see that Solomon, this young Solomon, is even wiser than they. Verse 32, he spoke 3,000 proverbs, Solomon, and his songs were 1,005. So what we have in the canon is just part of all the number of writings and songs that Solomon composed. But obviously the ones we have in the canon are the ones we know are 100% inspired by the Holy Spirit. Verse 33, And he spoke of trees, from the cedar tree of Lebanon even to the hyssop that springs out of the wall. He spoke also of animals, of birds, of creeping things, and of fish. So he's a scientist. He loves botany. He loves zoology. And he can talk and analyze and speak about these things. He has many interests. Sometimes we limit ourselves. We limit our exposure. Part of that's a product of our time period. We tend to be in a very specialized time period where we're taught to become very good at one thing, to make a career and make money in that area. And maybe we have a hobby or two we're interested in. But you know, the founders of this country, they were men whose minds could handle many different areas. The people in the Bible could grasp and hold and understand many different facets of life. They did not limit themselves. And our media-generated, quick-answer, specialized society often will limit what we look at, what we explore. When you study science, when you study biology, when you study chemistry, you're looking into how God created. The problem today is that those fields, like many fields, are dominated by unbelievers, by people that do not believe in God. But all your principles, your foundational principles of science came from scientists who were Christians, such as Isaac Newton, Faraday, all your main names in any scientific field, you could read off a list of names that anyone that has any science background would clearly recognize they were Christians. They were thinking God's ideas after him. They enjoyed studying the creation. They were not the modern-day physicists 
who come up with some crazy idea and they imagine parallel dimensions and time sequences. The Christians that were scientists were the, the ones that were solid, who established, who understood the laws of nature. The reason we have the technology we have today are because of men and women who believe that God created, he had laws, and we are made in God's image, we can understand the hand of God. Sometimes we limit ourselves because we're Christians. Because the world can be so nauseating in their science and their rattling on on Discovery Channel or PBS, we start to get an aversion to anything that sounds scientific, intellectual, technological. We have our Bibles and that's it. But that's not good for our children, is it? Because our children are exposed in the public schools to all types of ideas. And if they don't go to public school, if you're privileged to have them in a Christian school or home school, they will come across peers, the majority of whom have been educated in the public school systems. And when we close off our minds and say, well, that's enough, and we don't open up to try to see as much as God wants us to see in different areas, as Solomon here can speak about zoology, he can speak about biology, of all different areas, philosophy, we do our children a disservice because it's my contention that there is no area, academic area, that if you approach it with the Spirit of God, you will not see the hand of God and you will not receive wisdom from the Father to confound the enemies. The reason the teachers get away with what they get away with in the public school is nobody challenges them. They don't even want to be tested, do they? Right? We know one lady who was a teacher and when she heard they were going to start to test them, she ran to take some type of college course because she became paralyzed with fear of being tested in her, in her own area of discipline. So she found a way to get out of it by taking a quick course. And it's easier to take a course and write a paper and get a passing grade with an, a professor who is like-minded than it is to go take a test, nuts and bolts, and what the discipline teaches and pass it. The reason they get away with it is that they are not challenged. So as believers, we should not limit ourselves. You can't be all things all the time, but it can't hurt once in a while to pick up an article from ICR, the Institute for Creation Research, to learn a little bit there, to know a little history, so that when the history is twisted and your children are taught things that totally take away the Christian foundation and roots of our nation, you can say, yeah, but wait, and tell them about the founding fathers, tell them about the history of Christianity. When they try to reverse it, and Christians are made to be the evildoers of, of history, where jihad came and for 400 years went through North Africa, went through Israel and Syria and Antioch, and Asia Minor, and Pergamos, and uh, Thyatira, and all those churches, and killed by the sword, and put the sword to the neck, and said, you will convert. When that whole part of history is reversed, and Christians are made to be the evildoers, then if you know some of your facts, like Solomon, you can stand up and say, let me tell you a few things, and have books to show them.
Does any book supplant the Word of God? No. You have to have a discerning mind. You have to have a large heart that when you pick it up and read it, you say, Lord, help me. Help me to understand what's from you. Help me to see what's garbage. Help me to discern good from evil, right from wrong. Verse 34, And men of all nations, from all the kings of the earth who had heard of his wisdom, came to hear the wisdom of Solomon. They're that impressed by the anointing that the Father has placed on this young man. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your holy word. We pray, Lord, that you raise up to your body, to your church, a generation, Lord, that rightly divides your word of truth, that shows themselves approved and not ashamed. Father God, that you would touch and give exceedingly great discernment and largeness of heart, that your Holy Spirit would be over their spirit, that they might excel in their minds and their bodies and their testimonies to those with ears to hear. Father, we pray for such an anointing upon the children of your people. Lord God, that the next generation would put to shame their forefathers by their diligence in knowing you. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. We invite you to visit Shi'ar Jashub on the web. The address is www.shi'arjashub.org. That's S-H-E-A-R hyphen J-A-S-H-U-B dot O-R-G. Make it your site for serious Bible study. And may the Lord Jesus bless you as you serve him.